Welcome to Simone Cinemas. I'm Dennis. I'm Bonnie. And uh, this is our episode 11? 12? But anyways, we're um, talking about the number 58 in our countdown. Not the best movies of all time, but of all movies that won the Best Picture Oscar. Yeah, it's the 58th. It's best. the 58th best. According to the list we're using. That's right. So what movie are we talking about today? So today we're talking about Gandhi. Great. From 1981? Two. Two. Close. 1982. Yeah. So you've heard yeah. of it before, right? Or... Yeah, I've, I've seen it before. Right. So I watched it again this week. But yeah. I've, this is a movie I, I saw a long time ago. Right, this Maybe is a movie the that uh, is a bit older than the movies we've been talking about lately, but uh, not uh, still within our lifetimes. Right, um, yeah. It's, I think, been since the um, Thomas More movie that we've had a movie before our lifetimes. Oh, really? But, yeah. yeah. But 1982, you were really a teenager, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, I yes, I was. An adult and I was just out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, uh, <laughs> I was in high school. Yeah, when did it come out? I was either. Uh, it, it was the very end of 1982. So. Okay, so I was a sophomore. Uh, actually, the Oscars were um, just I think within a month of the Oscars were at one in the 1983. I uh, was just about a month away from the last episode of Mash. Oh yes. In context, so you remember that time period? I remember it. It was right. I was a few months before Thriller came out. Yes, I turned sixteen. Right, probably right, right after this yeah. movie came out in nineteen eighty three. So I would have been. Yeah, I was a big. I love Mesh. Yeah, I remember that finale. Yeah, and then, um, we don't have it. Well, we'll we will eventually get to it as a loser. The best picture, the movie at least. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but more on that more on later. That. Oh, I also watched one of the movies that it lost to. I actually. Oh, you did. I okay. Looked, I looked There's up. There's only the, four of them. I know. I looked up the list. Yeah. I have to say, I'm eager to hear what you what how what you talk to me. It looked like a really great list. Oh, it's a it's a very impressive list. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so are you going to talk? Uh, so let's talk about what uh, the losers were. Mm-hmm. There were only four of them this time. Only four losers. Only, only yeah. four losers. Although one of them is missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. Missing. Is that the one you watched? I did not. I would have loved to watch Missing. I couldn't find that one streaming anywhere. No. When I when I saw it. Did you get it from the library? It, or? Yeah, I got it from the library. Yeah, I didn't look at the library, but. Uh, so I remember that one fairly clearly. I've I've watched oh, it. Before. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, because you know my undergraduate degree. I, oh, well, of course you were. Well, it was poly, in, yeah, it was in poli sci. I had double major in Spanish and political science, and so my even my yeah. poli sci part, I focused on Latin America. Oh okay. Yeah. Right. So between my Spanish and for my Spanish major, we had to do a lot of historical and regional and all that kind of stuff yeah. so missing well, for the audience's sake we should yeah it's yeah. yeah so yeah it's well, about you know, you know, well, I, I mean i haven't seen it since it came for since college probably but okay uh it was 
about a young man who went missing during the, it was El Salvador, right? No, it was uh, uh, Chile. Oh, that's right, Chile, under Pinochet. Under, well, the, was the, Salvador Allende. Salvador Allende was yes. deposed. That's I right. Think. Sorry, it's I'm getting it. Coup against him. Yeah, it's been a long time since college. That's fine. No, but anyway, uh, but so it was, he, he went missing during that time frame. So the story is about his father right. who went down to Chile to search for him. Right. And so it's the series. And he... During this time, he gets to know his daughter-in-law, which he either had never met or knew yeah, very it, little. Right, right. I mean, because I literally haven't seen this movie. No, since you're the doing 80s. great. I, I remember. It, I remember a lot ago. about this movie. It was very okay. because as they search for him, it. If I remember right, this the movie does flashbacks to, right. you know, leading up to where it is, and so you were also, um, sort of seeing all these. I mean, it seems wrong to call them civil rights abuses but um just the being in a terror you know a despotic uh reign right, right. yeah and what they did with political dissidents or who they perceived well, it was to in be. the middle of a civil war basically yeah right so anyway so that's what missing is about yeah and it um, Jack London's the father. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I didn't remember. Yeah. I mean, I literally haven't. I, but I would have watched that yes. one because it made such an impact on me. Yeah. In, okay. I probably saw it when I uh, either in high school when it came out, or I guess I must have because it probably. I mean, in college, I didn't have a VCR or anything. So yeah, I'm watching it part of a class maybe they would put it on the media center yeah, or something. Well, my, we might have watched it as part of a class. As a matter of fact, one of my one of my professors uh, was from Chile and was a had left during this time. Right. I wouldn't have been in his class probably, but anyway, he. So that's what missing was about, and I remember. I mean, as I said, I was a teenager again when I watched it, but I I really liked it at the time, and I'd love to see it again. You yeah. watch it recently? How's it hold up? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, that was the only time I saw it. It was, uh, I think, in twenty nineteen. Hmm. Um, it's Sissy Spacek. I, Sissy Spacek is yeah, the wife. Remember. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, this will come up in the podcast. But She's I, the young wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the um, old obsessive projects that I did before this one was I decided to use a random number generator to pick a year. Okay. And to just go through that year and watch all the significant movies. So, like, any the top 20 grossing movies and anything that's, you know, still culturally relevant and anything that was nominated in any category. Oh, okay. I watched and I ranked them all in order from release date in... So starting in January of 19... So the year I drew was 1982. Wow, you are such a geek. Yeah, I know. It's really crazy. So yeah, 1982, I've watched a whole bunch of movies. I've seen. Okay, this is in This was in 2019 when I did that. Oh, you should and have then, waited till 2020 when you had a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, if I had known. Then, um, yeah, I think I was going to keep doing it. And then like the next year I drew was 1931. Ouch. And I just... Very hard to find, and I yeah. just couldn't get very far. Yeah. 
So and that was I got to watch Cinnamon Nanny, which, <laughs> which I watched again for this project. Yeah. So. But um, but nineteen eighty two, good good crop. I've only seen the really good crop. Uh, well, later we'll get into some of the stuff that wasn't nominated, but yeah, the movie is seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very significant movie yeah. there. And yeah. the verdict. You have the verdict. So I actually wanted to watch that because this is one that I can't remember if I watched. Um, right. But I saw that it was Paul Newman. It yeah. looked really interesting. Have I seen that one? Yeah, I, I'm, I would bet that you have seen it at some point because it's one of those movies that is it was a hit in 1982, but it was probably like ubiquitous on HBO for uh-huh. that time period where okay. you, know, you were mm-hmm. in high school. And, and very watchable, like, harsh sure drama. Sure, we didn't have HBO when I was in high school. You, you should did. have well, seen we were, Joe. Yeah. I remember when we got um, oh, wait, MTV. We were in, uh, no, 1982, we were here in San Diego and we had HBO. Yeah. Did we have HBO? Yeah, we did. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't like, I don't think it was a premium channel. It was very early years of cable, actually. We were quite old to our millennial Zoomer audience. I know, that's true. So. I just remember when MTV came on and Joe Jr., older brother, so desperately wanted MTV, and he yes. had, I'm sure I remember, he had this whole, he was trying to convince our dad to get yeah. MTV. My dad, our dad would have nothing to do with that, but then it turned out it just came with cable, so when we got cable, yeah, it just right. came with it, so it was like, I presume dad knew that, but, yeah. so, so I i didn't know we had HBO, but I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I remember, yeah, we had HBO, uh, for a while until we moved to Philadelphia, so until around what eighty four mm-hmm. or something. Anyways, was a little window into our lives. But the <laughs> verdict is a courtroom drama. Yeah, with Paul Newman. I, I was going to watch it again this week too, but I couldn't find it streaming. Yeah, um, oh, I couldn't find that one either. Uh, yeah, I've seen it streaming before, but I think you know these things rotate at mm-hmm. some level. Um, so yeah, he's kind of a washed up uh, lawyer. It's become kind of an ambulance chaser with an alcohol problem, and his practice is falling apart. Um, he gets this client who's, you know, whose wife has either died or she's suffering at a hospital, and, and uh, they come. It's about a med mal, a medical malpractice case. Okay. So uh, it's kind of a David uh, Goliath society because it's, a, 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 it's actually a Catholic hospital, so he's dealing with the church's lawyers and a very well-funded firm. Uh, his um, opposing counsel is played by James Mason, who's terrific. And uh, Do I know him pretty, um, Oh, yeah. He's, James Mason. He's got a very distinctive voice. I'm sure you know it. Have you heard? He's in North by Northwest. He was a little in that. Oh, I've you seen remember that. His, um, his voice is imitated a lot, so okay. I don't know if you heard it. Um, I, I can't imitate it here. But. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Coffee pot. Um, so, the verdict is pretty, pretty standard courtroom drama. Um, Kind of a classic of the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good movie. Okay, 
And then, before we get into our winner, we get into two massive hits. Mm-hmm. First, we'll talk about Tootsie. Uh, that's the one I rewatched this week. I was, I was planning to rewatch it last did, month. I did. I, I, I rewatched it. Um, yeah. How's it hold up? I, it's just a fun movie. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. It. I'm like, oh, Tootsie, I haven't seen this in so long. I, uh-huh. But then it's like... I'm expecting Sally Field, and I was like, oh, that's, it's so easy for me to conflate uh-huh. Tootsie oh, with Mrs. Doubtfire, okay. because it's both remarkable actors doing, a, you know, a very dramatic job of dressing up as a, right. almost, there's a lot of similarities in that case with the movie, but um, this one is a lot more, I, I don't know. Adult, or dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, although it, it there's some of it, it that's very almost slapstick. Right, right, but it's about relationships. Yeah, and, right. And, and, yeah, so... Um, had you forgotten that Bill Murray was in it? Or? I had forgotten. Yeah. yeah I remember so when I recruited him. That he was, was so like, oh, young. Yeah, that's... yeah, he's so... I just remember his that line. <laughs> that's right. You slut. <laughs> I don't know how I could have forgotten because that was one of the most, yeah. for me, most memorable lines of this. Yeah, uh, and if any listeners for any reason don't oh, yeah. know, this is a, a comedy with Dustin Hoffman plays a kind of a washed-up actor, a, a very difficult actor mm-hmm. who has trouble getting parts, and um, he ends up disguising himself as a woman in order to get a role on a soap opera. And so then that plays out. I I I sure enjoyed it again. Sure, Um, it's very watchable movie. Very very watchable. It's a very tight script too. It really goes like uh, moves Mm -hmm. like clockwork. Yeah. Um. You know, it's. uh, How how did you find its like gender politics hold up? Yeah. So it is. Uh, it's funny how that that was like wow that was a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a time it, capsule. In that it it really is a time capsule yeah. of the eighties that you were like, wow, you know, I didn't remember things being as bad as they are. Right. Yeah, but, but I wouldn't say as, it's dated. It just it reflects yeah, the time. Right, it reflects which, the time and which it's made. Um, yeah. But I thought that it, yeah, I, you're right. I wouldn't say that it's dated. It does reflect the time. And I think one of the things that is, you've described this in other movies, so it's really Dustin Hoffman, because his character is kind of a, you know, a little bit of a scoundrel when it comes to dating. He is a scoundrel when it comes to right. dating, you know, kind of treating women as objects. And so it's, how did you describe that, like in Driving Miss Davis and some of the other movies, where somebody like puts, you know, gets empathy for the other side, and then oh, um, kind of like the, I mean, I, I, Driving Miss Daisy is kind of like a racism solved. Yeah, oh right, right. Like, so this is sort of like sexism solved, sexism right? Solved, exactly. right. Uh, sex, that's yeah. right. That was the term, sexism solved movie because Dustin Hoffman plays this character and he he grows fond of another woman, the Jessica Lange 
character in this. Right. But he also draws grows fond of his own character that he's playing. Exactly. And he, yeah, yeah, that's the interesting part. And that is part the, the interesting part. And of course, Dustin Hoffman, he's so good at this. But he becomes defensive. Um, and, and so really the funniest parts are when he so um, identifies and is defensive and protective of his own character, Dorothy. Right. Michaels. He's, he's Michael Dorsey in real yes. life, right? Um, that the lines between he and Bill Murray, his buddy, who's like, like true, yeah. <laughs> from I mean, the outside was... looking in saying, like, <laughs> you're doing this for fun, right? So. Right. Yeah, I, I think the movie holds up well. And um, I also like the Charles Darning character. Just kind of, um, the, I think it's, it's Jessica Lane's father, but he, it's the, the guy who's, he, he falls in love with Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah. just kind of the empathy that you have for him, because it's yes, like, right. it's, it's like, yeah, it's one thing to be broken up with, but it's another thing to yeah. learn that. Well, and they never dated or anything. No, they didn't. They, but he like just the, showed it. In, but when he finds out, and yeah. because he's just this, like, everybody's dad. Yeah, He's exactly. like, everybody's he's dad in this movie. And then when when your dad finds out that as a, you know, just this, widower guy that he had shown some interest in a man he just wanted to punch his lights out and <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that yeah uh, so it's kind of gay panic yeah it is yeah. oh it's definitely okay yeah that yeah but, it's um, but that, i mean that's a reflection of the 1982 i don't even think that's yeah. a reflection of 1982 <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right i yeah. think that you know there's I think that's still reflective of, of now, but of the, oh, you know, especially yeah, for that age group. You know, sure. If you had any, most senior citizens, or, you know, he would have been of retirement age, I should say. Certainly. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, but so he was a good character. I like that. Yeah, and massive box office hit that yeah. became the um, good score. It had good music to it. Also. Yeah, I can't really remember. good score. Yeah. yeah, became the the highest grossing comedy of all time. Oh, really? Um, was it? But yeah, the reason I watched Tootsie when I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna watch another one from this, yeah. is that I was tired. Yeah. I had like, I'm I might make it through a whole movie. I might only make it through half. If I'm gonna do that, I want to do Tootsie because yes. I feel like that's one where. If I just watch, you know, it's be one like if it were on TV and you could only watch it in between commercials, like you'd have fun. It's very watchable. You'd have fun for whatever five minute glimpse, glimpse, and I, you know, I felt like I knew it well enough. Yeah. But I know I've forgotten. What are some of the other ones? What was the The other other movie? Nominees? Yeah. Well, there's only one more. There's only one more. What was it? Oh, E.T., that's right. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of yeah. massive box office hits with massive really box, yeah. good scores. That's right. I didn't want to watch partial E.T., that's why. I, right. I felt like I could watch partial Tootsie, but I couldn't watch partial E.T. Yes. which we remember, I think we both remember the phenomenon in 1982. It was yeah. I went to go see that of all time. when it opened up, Yeah, and I'd never heard of it before. And I went with some friends. This was um, in high school. I went with some friends. So we were young in high school. And their mom, somebody's mom brought us. 
And uh, anyway, big thing. And yeah, so when I first went, never heard of it. Just big deal. And I thought it was a good movie. I've some, since watched it several times. But this, if I remember right, had like a big impact on you. Like you love DT. Oh, really? Because as, I, as I remember it... Um, I mean, I just, I remember the hype, and I definitely saw it at the time, and I remember doing, like, activities in school, like, craft day, we'd make little E.T. sets. Oh, just I just, big, I mean, later in life. No? Like, adulthood. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, like, uh, it didn't, you know, I, I liked it at the time, I don't think it became, like, through the rest of the 80s, I think I was just, kind of, my staples were, like, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I was really into Disney movies and then like musicals, Sound of Music, My Fair Lady, um, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched E.T. again in You say My college. Fair Lady, but you meant Mary Poppins. I, I loved My Fair Lady <laughs> when I was a kid, yes. Okay. Uh, Mary Poppins, yeah, I was very fond of that too. I think you're still bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter, not bitter at all. Uh, they're both, they're both, they're both good great. movies. One of them's a masterpiece. So, anyways, I, I, I must. I'm sure I had seen it again at some point, but I remember going to see it in college. It was a, like anniversary. Actually, must have been only the 15th anniversary, right? So, yeah, this would have been like '97. Wow, wow I was only 15 years old. Um, no. Oh, right. Who? Because I, I remember seeing it in theaters, right? When I was in college, because it was with my college friends. And I was just going... You mean 1997. 1997, Okay, I thought you said 87, yeah. That might have been I meant 97, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, it'd be fun to see it again. And I... Such an experience. A little embarrassing, because I was... It's embarrassing for... You know, I, I do tend to... Um, I, I'm, I can be a crier during movies, and, mm-hmm. but this isn't like just like tearing up a little bit and trying to hide <laughs> it from my friends. But I was like almost heavy sobbing. <laughs> because this movie just really, at least for me, just so much captures what it's like to be a seven-year-old in 1982 in the suburbs of America. Mm-hmm. And it really gets family dynamics right. You know, so often with like sibling relationships, you have okay, the screenwriter decides okay what what the relationship is, and the entire movie it's like you know, this character is annoyed with that the little brother, and every scene is like that. Where in, in real families, it's like you get in a huge fight, and then the next scene it's like you don't have to like resolve it or get over it. You're just like really close again, and yeah, and that's how it was like with with Elliot and his brother and his sisters. Yeah. It's like. It's like the the relationship had the dynamics that just really ring true, yeah. and it is kind of a movie about loneliness and Elliot finding a friend, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, who directed it, has said in several interviews that it's you know he's kind of dealing with his parents' divorce in making the movie. Oh. That he, Spielberg, was really? Yeah. Were the parents divorced in this movie? I, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, the father was missing. Okay. So, and it was a 
recent thing from okay. the family. But yeah, just this opening scene, I just so identify with Elliot because his older brother is having a party and his friends are over mm-hmm. and Elliot is just trying to fit in or trying to be liked and seen like as uh-huh. a, a, a human <laughs> by these <laughs> by the older brother and the kids and they're just kind of mocking him or they're just like they're just kind of putting him down the whole time and and it's not like that defines his relationship with his brother because they are close it's just that they you know he has mm-hmm. there are certain social hierarchies and right. you know he's uh, you know I Having been, uh, Elliot's not the youngest, but having grown up the youngest, I really identified with that. And having, without giving names, I've had an older sibling who <laughs> um, would introduce me to his friends as PETA, standing for pain in the ass. Oh. And it's just very humiliating. <laughs> he or she, I don't know. Oh, I doubt <laughs> it was Cindy. It wasn't <laughs> But at any rate, no, no, um, no hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but just th- it's not just about dealing with loneliness as far as making a friend in E.T., but that his friendship with E.T. is something becomes something special about him. So when like mm. his brother's friends like start to respect him right. as as this becomes a bigger mm. part of the story, I just like the the scene where they all come over and grab the bikes. It's just, I, I, oh, yeah. I just lose every time. Like even mm. every time I watch it, I just, mm. I can't, mm. it's just very, like it has a lot of personal mm-hmm. significance to me. And it's also like intellectually, I respect like how it's made and Spielberg uses the light. Mm. Um, yeah. So many iconic images, of course, the bike flying across the moon is, right just iconic yeah you also like with the the shed and the light coming from the shed where he throws in the ball it's just so beautifully mm. composed but yeah i'd love to so, see that i haven't seen this movie in forever is this I, and neil diamond no neil, neil diamond, diamond made a song about yes. this but it's not part of the score not part of the score okay yeah good. john williams did the score which is oh yeah is epic. Great. Yeah. yeah so um yeah i he was on a roll at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because well, so he did all, all the Star Wars scores, right? Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, oh Jaws. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so that's, a, that's just a career. That's not a role. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, okay. So I'm I'm really big on Team E.T. Um, mm-hmm. And our winner this year was Gandhi. Gandhi. So what's uh, Gandhi about? Gandhi is about Gandhi. (laughs) And it tells the story of this Indian lawyer who becomes an instrumental figure in India gaining its independence from the United Kingdom. From Great Britain? What do you say? Because it's not the United Kingdom. It's ununiting from the kingdom. Right. Yes. From Great Britain. Yes. Yeah. So that's what the story is about, and everybody's heard of, of Gandhi, I think. Everybody should have heard of him. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's what... Uh, so it, it's like a... 
It's a bi- it's biopic. Bi- it's a biopic. And yeah. A, a little bit of a hagiographic. Hey oh, very much. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. from Hagios in the Greek, which means holy ones. Holy oh, yeah. ones. Yes. Yeah. Saints. It's right? like a bio- a saint. Life yeah. of the Saints. Yeah. yeah. Life of the Saints, because that's what saints mean is holy ones from yeah. the Greek Hagios. Uh, so, what did you think of it? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, I mm-hmm. liked it at the beginning. This is the kind of movie that really appeals to me anyway. I you love, like history. I like history. Uh, I like I like movies where I'm, you know, I like documentaries. So this is sort of like a movie version of a documentary. Um, so I, as a matter of fact, so I watched it. The only downside is it's three hours. Three hours and nine minutes. Yes. Three hours and ten minutes. <laughs> yes. And this week in my life, I didn't happen to have a three-hour time block. So I watched it in three segments because <laughs> I just I just didn't have that. But I um, yeah. So I also didn't. So Adam didn't watch it with me either. But even after having watched it this week, he we were talking earlier today and. And he'd like to see it again. And I was like, oh, oh I'd definitely see that again. Whereas after Dances with Wolves, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be also a long movie. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm ready to sit down and watch that again. Yeah. But Gandhi, I would sit down and, and watch again. Or Coda. Yeah, I don't. Coda? Coda was that shorter. Was <laughs> but I don't know why. I don't know why. Because it's, yeah. it's long. Or The Last Emperor. Right. The Last Emperor, I I wouldn't sit down and watch again. So you explain to me why. Because it's actually, you know, it can, I suppose, be fairly slow. When I think about the action, you know, there's lots Mm -hmm. of beautiful shots of the Indian scenery. And it's not a fast-moving movie at all. So, Dennis, why why is that? (laughs) Well, it's a terrific movie, which is the... um, I would say that that's a, a good question to start with because that's what I think about one of these movies based on fact. Because you, yeah. you said before they're documentary-like. So my question is why this instead of a documentary, right? Because with a documentary, oh, yeah. you can see, like, you probably get more... If you, oh, well, if all you want yeah. is to be, to learn about the life of Gandhi, you can get... Yeah. Yeah, actual footage and interviews with various and then you know, you know what's real and what's not real, right? Yeah, rather than a fictional right depiction. Yeah, and by fictional, I just mean telling a story through imagination, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So even if a movie is based on fact, when I call it fiction, that's not a commentary on how accurate it is. It's just saying that this is. Ben Kingsley pretending to be Gandhi. So it's, yeah. you know, we're using our imaginations. This yeah. is not, even if it's filmed on location, this is, we're using film craft to make 1980s India look like 1920s India. Right. Right. So it but is a right. work of I imagination. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in rewatching a documentary of Gandhi after right. I'd just seen it. So, um, is it just in, Ben, ben in, Kingsley? He's great. He's so good. No, but I think it is. And um, I think it's with this all first that the documentary doesn't necessarily is 
it's immersive mm-hmm. into this um, kind of quagmire or this real um, humanitarian crisis. It is kind of a hagiography, but the movie's not really about Gandhi's personality, but about his role mm-hmm. in a struggle. And I think that struggle really comes through our empathy with the imaginative process, we can really identify with that struggle of the Indian people against the British forces who just, they don't really know what they're dealing with, right? And there's... You know, the, this movie is in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most extras in a scene. The funeral scene has 300,000 wow. extras. Wow. That's like the population of Cincinnati. <laughs> right? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, Richard Attenborough, who's the director of the movie, has, he said in interviews that, um, like, they, they book certain amount of um, extras, but then the, so many people would come on to watch the making the movie and they'd offer them, hey, do you want to be extras? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not even just that funeral scene, but it's like watching the movie but when I was watching it the second time, because I watched it mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. this week, is how much... The, just the effort that goes into how, how, how many crowd scenes there are in this film. Mm-hmm. And just the, not just the expense, but the intricacy. Like there's a scene where Gandhi's wife is speaking kind of like on the edge of a river or a shore, and it's kind of behind these cliffs, and there's this old ruins there, and the British are on the parapets. If you remember the scene, there's people mm-hmm. down on their level and people like up in the mountain. It's mm-hmm. just like the logistics of getting all the extras in the right place for this yeah, massive right. scene and all in costume. And I mean, right. the, the setup must have taken hours. Yeah. Just before they hit film. And there's like, you know, in the trans- Who's the director? Richard Attenborough. Okay. He's uh, who's an actor first. He's probably most famous for in, in Jurassic Park. Runs the park. That's later on. Um, mm-hmm. As a director, I mean, this is his most, this is his most famous film. But uh, I think this is his fourth movie. He did the uh, uh, dry right season. Uh, at any rate, um, he's a British actor. This is kind of like a passion project. I think he worked for like eighteen years to get this movie made. Wow! Yeah. As, a, as a Brit, yes, because they don't look. Uh, they don't. Always great in this movie. Yeah, and that's that's also part of what's immersive, is kind of the, the just the banality of evil. Oh yeah. You know the the massacre scene in mm. particular. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, I. It has a certain quality. It brings very honest, right? It doesn't have this self-flagellating tone like you see with. Dances with Wolves, like, oh, this is, see how awful the white people were, but really what you're saying is, you know, this is, the, the bad people were these caricatures that killed dogs and thing, 
Jenkins were this general, like when he's being questioned about it. It's not like he's a, yeah. a, a mustache twirling, like mm-hmm. sinister. No. He's just like, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. But so this is something. I, yeah. So it goes, if I'm not mistaken, it goes straight from this massacre scene. Where it's sheer chaos, people screaming. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the guns, the so much noise, and then right, we go instantly into this other, which is like so silent that a pin can drop. Exactly. So you go from chaos to absolute silence, and then everybody who is interrogating him, or, or mm-hmm. not interrogating, but whatever you do, it's like I guess a courtroom scene. You know, he's being. You know, yeah. brought before, yeah, being, like, like a tribunal, and, or and something. they're just like they're as they're saying it, they're asking questions, they're trying to. I and I imagine some of them know this guy, yeah. and it's like this is the image that I had, mm-hmm. even though they don't talk about any of this, they must know him and know him as not an evil person, yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah. and then they're asking him these questions, like, did you know this? You know, did you realize that there were women and children in the crowd? You know, and he answers, you know, yes, he does. So he's answering all these things. And every now and then, or actually just at one question, I don't remember what it was. They asked him, maybe it was the women and children. I think it was after that. And there was a little twitch in his. Like, because he wanted them to fire into the thickest part of the crowd. Yes, right. might have been that. Thickest part of the crowd. Did you know there were? Oh, I think it was also what you're talking about is when, like, did you tend to the wounded? Right. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Did you tend? Well, if they asked for help, right, and that's what Ah, it was. They said they, they'd asked for help. Then they would, and it's then they answered him, and they said, "Uh, "Can you tell me how would a wounded a child who'd been wounded by whatever." 350 i don't know what it was how would that child yeah ask for help and there was just the littlest twitch of like the first inkling like maybe this wasn't the right thing you know but it was just a little inkling and and he's saying too that like if they're almost incredulous like okay you couldn't get the whatever the big guns right through the narrow gate if yeah. you had gotten them oh, through yeah. that, the tank, yeah. would you have used that on the crown? And, you know, he's saying, yes, he would have. And it, so it's... Um, yeah, I, it's, I looked up the actual event afterwards. And it's yeah. like he didn't have divorce. Yeah, it he was... He was uh, discharged for it, but um, he lived out the rest of his life. And, he didn't uh, go to jail or anything? No, I think he got discharged. I, I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, and so you kind of do see this double standard because obviously, if a, an Indian were responsible for three hundred deaths or whatever, um, they'd be executed. For sure. No, no, I mean, no you question. And there's even one scene where they're like talking about the protests, and they're like, "Well, but are, are there any? Were there any? Was there any violence?" Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, yeah, there was one incident where, you know, one of our guys, you know, kind of lost his head, but you, you can kind of understand where he's right. coming from. So, no, not violence from us. 
You know, so it's like, yeah. we, we need them to have done something. But it's like, yeah. our one guy who did it, like, we, we kind of... So, it's... The sense you get, it's not... You know, it doesn't have this kind of, you know... Um, you know, white guilt penance to it, but just right. kind of a realistic kind of, hey, this is... It's just that we didn't care. Yeah. It's just that this was... A logistical problem: how to, yeah, how to, how to keep keep right. control of this population, and we just didn't they weren't seen as people, and right. So and they this didn't is know a, what to do. He, he he wasn't wrong in that he said, you know, the reason to do this is so that people realize that they need to follow this law, and you want to make a an example, right? right. So people won't. And it's like, well, that's an effective way. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you yeah. know, it 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 may be effective that way, but just because something is effective, like you you know, where's the where's the humanity exactly in this? Yeah, it's um you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the you know, And we're not talking about the Nazis. No, we're not. You know, we're, we're, I mean, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the evils of colonialism. Yes. It's just kind of the process itself more than the actual individuals in that sense. Right. Where it's not. Yeah. It, it's just like you know, the, at a, at an individual level. I mean, certainly this general there there are evil individuals mm-hmm. in this, right. but it's almost like this kind of quagmire itself is. You know, it's it's a culmination of you know hundreds of years of history. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and it's just the way things are supposed to be, and that's the impressiveness yeah. of of Gandhi. And I guess of you're right because it's more about using Gandhi as a lens to see, as a as a lens to see colonialism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and not even just specific because the first forty minutes or so are actually set in South Africa, right? Where, and then uh, moves to India. Um, you know, we, we we talked a little bit before about like the racism solved trope, and when, um, a term you'll hear that's kind of analogous to that is the white savior trope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but that's yeah. Yeah, in, in fiction where... I know it from... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a term that describes fiction that um, basically talks about... It deals with the issues of, of uh, a group suffering through the lens of a white person who identifies with their struggle rather than from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... You know, you can see that with term applied to Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Right. Too, uh, even though that um, Sue actually saved him, but mm-hmm. the term savior just means he's the protagonist. Right. Also, uh, like the movie Glory, which is about a, a black troop, but it told through the white general. Um, oh, okay. And, and it's, uh, it's not necessarily that these things are bad. There's also like To Kill a Mockingbird and, and Lawrence right. of Arabia. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, it, it, okay. it's, it's just citing that. Oh, this is yeah. very frequently how Hollywood tells stories right. is through the white person, uh-huh. and I, 
this movie doesn't get a lot of credit for reversing that, maybe because the director's a white guy, but Mm -hmm. it's very, it's almost stubbornly unconcerned with the white characters. Right. And, I mean, it just makes them um, kind of impotent. You like that, you know, you could see a parallel movie that's about this, you know, daughter of a general that comes in and, but it's like, you know, she shows up like halfway through the movie and she's just kind of in the background for a lot of Uh, scenes. Daughter of an admiral. Yeah. Uh, Mirabin is her character. As as well. And I, and it was so interesting too, with her and with the Christian minister, right, Lutheran or whatever, um, Uh, they're almost... What's that? It's probably Anglican, right? Oh, was he Anglican? I don't, well, I thought he British. But yeah, I I was thinking he had said that at some point, but maybe not. Well, whatever he was, he was not Catholic. He was some sort of collared mainline Protestant. Right. Anyway, but we learn a little bit about him, but we don't learn a lot about him because it's yeah. not about him. It's and not. it's the same thing with the admiral's daughter. She's this. They're both constant presence. Yeah, and, and it's this, almost deliberately not. It's about, yeah, right? and it's like these people are visibly there, and we're not telling you any more about them because right. the story's not about them. Right, and yeah. like he's, he's he and to you be could like a, literally have told this story through her eyes. Yeah, that or I through could, his. I could definitely yeah. see Hollywood mm-hmm. doing that, telling the story through her eyes. But right. you know, and but it is interesting. I've seen. I later looked up you know clips of Gandhi because he's. You know, he died in 1948, yeah. but, you know, they there's clips of him, and she is there. Right. Yeah, She's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah I, w- I thought it was effective that uh, the priest character who's played by Ian Charleston, who is, um, unfortunately died young, um, a few years after this, of, of, of AIDS. Um, he was the second straight Best Picture winner, because he was a lead in Chariots of Fire. Oh, wow. But uh, his... There's the scene where he's giving a sermon on Gandhi, mm-hmm. and you see. I like how it's depicted because you see several parishioners just get up and leave yeah. during the sermon. You do get one lady that's nodding, so it's like, right. it, yeah, so right. it is kind of nuances for you know, people are hearing the message, but you see, you know, the odds aren't great, like yeah. one one out of five or something, right? Or the people that he's completely alienating. Versus right. the one, and then you compare that to Gandhi, who has yes. like these three hundred thousand people that yeah. are just hanging on his every word, and it's just like this is what you, this is what this situation calls for. I mean, mm-hmm. the British are just not capable of foreign enlistment at all. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing I think. I don't know if we're ready to move on because that's such a good point. But you just no, it was. that's fine. Don't no, go ahead. Another thing I think that I really like about this movie is is Ben Kingsley in this. Oh my gosh! His first of all, he like nails Gandhi. Yeah. His mannerisms, his walk, his his stuff. I mean, to the point where it's uh, anyway. But also in this movie i think what ben kingsley does where he he his expressive eyes and his 
outward politeness and kindness, mm-hmm. but while being firm and all of this, it's just, it's so inspirational. I'm like, I- I'll follow that guy. Yeah. He's just remarkable. He's so and, inspirational. Right. A person who's not yet 40, able to play the guy in his 20s. And just how his mannerisms change. Yes. And, and like very, it's also a very subtle performance. Like, mm-hmm. I like when, because he, he's very media savvy. Uh huh. And it's, but that's kind of like underplayed. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not in a showy way. But you can see, like, with uh, when Candace Bergen comes in mm-hmm. toward the end with Cliff Clavin. Did you recognize him? No. Yeah, when she's driving in on the Jeep, that's uh, John Ratzenberger. Really? Yes. Oh, I have to go, I have to look at that. I did yes. not catch that. Yeah, that's John Ratzenberger. Okay. Cliff Clavin, a uh, ham. From Cheers. Yes. So anyways, there's a scene where they're... Ham, you're right. Uh, yeah. Well, he's in every picture. Yeah. Uh, where they're kind of leaving the building where he's in, and she says she wants to take a picture of him, but she wants the guard to kind of go... In, right. to get the right shot but you kind of see Ben Kingsley come, kind of like go come come like he's uh-huh. kind of in on it yeah. too but kind of in a subtle way and, right. and it's just like how Ben Kingsley just kind of feeds off her. Mm-hmm. and it's just like he's he, he's such he's so effective as an 80 year old and a, and a 50 year old in mm-hmm. all, all these stages of life and uh, he is I don't, I don't know if you saw this in whatever research he did but his father is from the same region of India oh, as okay. Gandhi. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... Uh, I just really watched that some videos used. of Gandhi after I watched the yeah. movie, and I'm like, I mean, the walk, he just had... Yeah, I, I think those movies age just a lot better because the, they do have him in particular, but it, it really helps to have an Indian actor or uh, Dustin Hoffman was in talks. To do oh, really? Uh, I'll be a lot yeah. of um, Marlon Brando at one point. Uh, okay. I think Anthony Hopkins was Probably offered. a lot of people wanted to play it. Yeah. I just thought Ben Kingsley was so... He's magnificent. He was so good in this. Yeah. I do think... So I'm trying to remember... I think I saw this when it came out in the movie theater. I, right. I don't know that I've seen it since, but... I'm... That's 1982. Yeah. I don't even know if I, to be honest, knew what apartheid was. Because that right. became a it big was, deal in the 90s, deal. right? Right. When did um, they start? Through the, I mean, it was a, a big deal, like mid-80s through the yeah. 90s. I think Mandela was uh, freed in the 90s, right? Or yeah, 90s. I mean, when it's like all of a sudden everything came about, yeah. you know, where you saw apartheid you know, anti-apartheid stuff, right. you know, here's what's going on. Probably as a teenager watching this movie, it, I probably, first of all, wasn't thinking that hard about it. Even right. if I didn't know the term apartheid, it was so familiar to civil rights struggles of, of black people in the U.S. Yeah. But it was actually a very forward-thinking movie to... I mean, they just followed his life, but they didn't have to highlight that problem. I mean, it begins with the problem of apartheid in South Africa. Right. Yeah. 
which is yeah, and it begins. It's where you kind of you know, Gandhi's not a complicated character in this, but you can kind of see his arc because his first struggle is no, I I deserve to sit in first class, right? Which is when you see him like eventually like never mm-hmm. like he would never think of going first class anywhere. All right, and the point of that obviously is that he the racism of it, right? So it's, it's, I'm not saying that he was wrong to insist on first right. class, but it's like that's such right. a difference. That's his starting point is is just that racist act, but then and seeing. Um, kind of embracing poverty as a way of, of really right. immersing himself with the people. So here's my he here's my question. Do you think that they purposely started with this story of him in... I mean, it is significant to his story because it's where yeah. he first made a name for himself. Right. But it's it's also really powerful because it's like we're starting with a problem that has not been solved yet in 1982. And then we're going with the rest of his story where we all know that India is no longer part of Great Britain. Yeah, the British occupation part has been solved yet. Right. Pakistan. Is this terrible? I did not know that Pakistan, that that was drawn up with India. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, so others. Uh, Bangladesh. Yeah. So, well, I think that was the eastern, or that was part of Pakistan originally, and then broke off eventually. Yeah. So I did not know that it was like okay, India lines drawn, but we're making Pakistan yeah. for the Muslim part, right? Of, and, of India know, to separate said, the Hindus from the yeah, Muslims. Yeah, there were Muslims in every village, and you have that remarkable yeah. scene with the lines crossing. Oh, the lines China. crossing. Yeah, was really. Yeah, so it's, you know, uh, a complicated ending, right? Yeah, that's the other thing that I like about this, is that it is a hagiography, but it doesn't show him as, I mean, yes, important things were won, but not the things that Um, were most important to him. The other thing, I knew about Gandhi's, uh, if you had asked me, a week and a half ago, why did Gandhi fast? I would have yes. said it was for independence from Britain. No. But that's not what it was. And right. it was, so that was really powerful. It's that he's like, we have to do this the right way. He's fasting so that, first of all, that the Indian people won't resort to violence against the British. And then that the Hindus and the Muslims won't be violence against each other within Indian nationalists. Right. And uh, anyway, I, yeah, I had not realized that. It's yeah. so much more powerful. I I find him a very inspirational character. Right. And I'm, I probably will watch this movie again in the next... Uh, it's very different. Yeah, actually, it was in my... Earlier list, I had it at twenty five. Oh, okay. Seems yeah. it doesn't seem a little low. high. It seems a little high for. I mean, here at fifty eight. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the other rankings that went into it. I uh-huh. Really, I kind of had my and just I. I think I've, I've said it before when I came up with this um, 
list that aggregates my list with several others. It was for personal, personal like hobby, and if I, I wouldn't have used my own list, of course, if I had intended for this mm-hmm. to be a put it out in the public. So it's you know, it it is what it is, and but so my thumbs kind of on the scale here. My you know there are a lot of scores in the sixties and seventies, and I had it at twenty five, which is well, but it's pretty uh, it's close easy. to IMDb rank. Yeah, IMDb rank is 32, and mm-hmm. we're both kind of outliers. Yeah, but 70, the rest of them, 70, you know, you at 79? Slant. What's wrong with slant? I mean, uh, yeah, and I, I think what happens is... It's more is, than one better than Coda, I can tell yeah. you that. Well, if, I mean, like, if my rank was, like, 45 instead, if I did, like, mm-hmm. a little calculation, which is would mm-hmm. still be the second highest. Um, then it would have ranked 65 in between Hamlet and My Fair Lady. So my yeah. thumb's kind of on the scale here. I, yeah. I, and again, I'm completely team E.T. I, I, it's one yeah. of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely would have voted for it. And I think maybe that's the reason that maybe some people, when they're ranking it, think how, whether it should have won I just, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at, I'm ranking based on the movie that's here in front of me and not mm-hmm. um, care about the competition. So, I mean, this is better Best Picture winners, but no, we're going to watch 57 more and maybe I'll yeah. like them all more. Well, it's I, way I, better this, than Coda. It's better than Dances with Wolves. It is better than Coda. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely I, give you that. So but, actually, I think... And it's ranked higher than Coda, so... Is the, I think this might be my favorite of all that we've done. So yeah, far. I was thinking it's certainly a contender for me. Um, what was our I next think favorite? Chicago, Chicago, I really like. Yeah, I think Chicago better. might be a little stickier for me because of, I, I really find so many characters compelling and it's, oh, it's so really so well done. I so do, I think I, I might really have like it Chicago. in between. Yeah, it's it's kind of around there. I think I have mm-hmm. it between Chicago and. Um, Mrs. Miniver, you know, okay. a lot of good movies. Yeah, yeah it, it, I think it, I would still put Gandhi as my first. Yeah, but I love Chicago. A Man for All Seasons. A Man for All Seasons. And these are just to address, and I think maybe part of the low rankings may have to do with the hey geography. Like mm-hmm. we like gray areas, and that's better. And so I, I think that's where it's kind of a good comparison with The Man for All Seasons, because these are both, you know, it doesn't present many flaws with their heroes. Mm-hmm. But I think where the conflict lies in both of these movies is their contrast between the protagonist and their society, the community. And I think I think that's what's sticky about the movie and not, you don't have to have, not everybody has to be morally ambiguous. So I, you know, yeah. I'm a big fan of Gandhi. I, I think part of the reason I decided to rewatch all the Best Picture winners is if you haven't seen them in a while, you tend to think of in terms of type. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be involved in some of these rankings. Where you're oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oscar just likes so many history, you know, right. historical epics and... Connie's just one of those where I, I just I think this is a special movie. I, I do too. I, I mean, yeah. And then there's the, all the Gandhi parts of, yeah. you know, just his 
take on things that are, you know, just really... He's a peculiar guy. He's really <laughs> peculiar. And he's not... You know, I love how he, he says, you know, I'm not a pacifist. I never said I was. Right? That right. the... Anyway, he, he's, he's a very nuanced character, but such a good thinker. He was yeah. such a good thinker to be able to be... I think he just was able to think... Three paces yeah. to ten paces ahead of everybody else yeah. to know, like, okay, you may be right in this instance, but what is it going to get you? Exactly. Yeah. And is you know what's your ultimate goal? And and the big thing is that it's not just what the goal is, but the how is most important. Yeah. The how you get to that goal is more important than this. The how fast you get to the goal. Just, I think he's a great, he's a great example for Christianity because yeah. he lived it better than most Christians. That's well, probably yeah. I mean, that's really the yeah. point of of a lot of this movie, right? And, and really, I mean, right. people of any faith, of, you know, of I, any yeah, faith, I mean, right? That yeah. just happens to be the one that that I know the best. But right. you know that um, the fact that. Christian, you know, it, it's just such a, I don't know, there's so many interesting nuances in this whole movie that I just I, think it's I, great. Okay, we're, Plus we're, the we're, scenes of India well, and the yeah, scenes of poverty. So immersive, oh, just, yeah. yeah. Train scene yeah. where he's like in the crowd and they were like, well, um, I'm going to um, arrest you for disturbing the peace. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm in a deep family in my own country. It's like, okay, well, just don't cause any trouble. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I, it's yeah, just, it's that's really right. check out check out Gandhi if you haven't yeah. seen him in a while. It's a long movie, but it's a long movie. Worth it. Yeah, I, but like I watched it in short increments this I week. I find it three three sessions. It's still a lot of movies you couldn't do that too, but. I find it engrossing, or really any of this year's Best Picture nominees. Oh, really yeah. good, good year. Yeah, and the, it is interesting because I... Uh, really, one of the best Best yeah. Picture lineups. Any of them. I mean, if Tootsie had won instead of the other ones, yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't... But I, I think yeah. it, it's, again, it's a great movie amongst a bunch of... Of really good to great movies. And right. And also on Lift Out of the Running is Blade Runner, which is a modern classic. Um, I don't know that one. Oh, yeah. I've heard so, of it, but yeah, what is that about? A, a sci-fi futuristic movie. Uh, Androids, of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Of, of movie dealing with that. Harrison Ford. Is okay. Kind of a film noir in the, in the science fiction setting. Okay. Very good movie. Great. Yeah, um, uh, Sophie's Choice. Oh, is, have you seen Sophie's Choice? I have Choice? not. No. Yeah, Holocaust movie, very harrowing. Wow. Choices. I know the choice right. has something to do with children, a yeah. child, or I don't know. There's, yeah, that's um, it's, what's her name? The Meryl, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Really, one of the most iconic performances. Okay. And, uh, I mean, yeah. she, she wins Best Actress this year. I mean, oh, does she? Class. Okay. And this. Um, our normal trivia contest is oh, yeah. going to be very exciting this year because Ben um, Gandhi got eleven nominations. It only got one acting nomination. One acting nomination. Yeah. Oh, Ben Kingsley. Yeah. 
Did he win? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah. Just, he beat uh, Dustin Hoffman. Did um, he get, did this one get Best Director? It must have. Yeah. Best yeah. Director, it won. Best it won Picture, eight Best Director. of its 11. Okay. So it only lost, I think, um, uh, well, its score lost to E.T. Oh, great score in E.T. Fantastic. I think yeah. it lost Best Sound to E.T., uh-huh. which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's Makeup, it lost to um, Quest for Fire, which is a movie about cavemen. I want everything else. Okay. Uh, yeah. Costumes, you know. And yeah. I, I was hoping to find this for our maybe our show notes or something, but I remember at one point seeing this great political cartoon, a newspaper cartoon, that um, came out in nineteen around around this time where it showed a, a drawing of Gandhi sitting Indian style next to a. a uh, drawing of E.T. and Gandhi has an uh, arm full of Oscars and E.T. has an uh, arm full of cash and they're both kind of eyeing each other's stash jealously. <laughs> <laughs> Did Gandhi but not make that much? I was a big hit for yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it's, but, but not E.T. E.T. is just yeah. massive. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... Yeah. Um, That's fun. One of the biggest hits of all time. Yeah. Uh, I'm Again, I'm team ET, but I think Gandhi's great. Yeah. To round off the list, the best supporting actress was Jessica Lange for Jutsu. Jutsu. Yeah. Kind of surprising, because why? I mean... She had a good year. She was also nominated for Best Actress for Frances, and so it's like, well, obviously she's going to lose that to Meryl Streep, so let's give her... Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that was a... It's really a lead role that was... It was a little controversial. Like, I think Terry Garr kind of complained. Because like, I thought Terry Garr had to do a lot more in that movie. but Right. Because um, she lost to Jessica Lange. And she's she? like, well, you know, it's not really fair that Because I'm the supporting actress. She's the lead. But, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's like she, yeah. she already has they a were, lead. They were really uh, both supporting actresses. Okay, it's a Dustin Hoffman movie. Yeah, it's We're, Dustin right. Hoffman, and then everybody else is supporting. So, like, okay, Anyways, whatever. And uh, Luke Gossett Jr. won for um, uh, playing the drill sergeant in An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, yeah. Another significant movie oh, that yeah. wasn't nominated right. that year. Yeah, well, that'd be an interesting good. one to rewatch. Yeah. That's Richard Gere. His, yeah. uh, but he's great in Chicago. He's so good in Chicago, because yeah. I um, don't think he's acting. Just no, stop. <laughs> he's great in Just Chicago. Uh, yeah, so 82 is yeah. a good year for movies yeah. in general, and this really is good. A, yeah. a good lineup. Yeah, good um, lineup. Maybe next week will be an even better lineup. Yeah, do you want to see what it is? Yeah, let's figure out what, what it is. What movie is one rank better than Gandhi? Oh, do we have to look at our oh, list? Oh, we have to. Yeah. We've done such a bad job guessing. Yeah, okay. First of all, why, why would we have guessed Gandhi? It's so good. Gandhi shouldn't have been already up, so. But we'll see. Maybe we haven't seen these other fifty-seven yet. Maybe they are all better. Gandhi, right. That'd be wonderful. So I have four on the list that I yeah, think are coming more. up. Marty. Yeah. Oh, I have five. An American in Paris. I yes. don't know anything about that. Okay, ordinary people. Birdman and Nomadland. I don't know anything oh. about them. Oh, and Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, so- 
I don't know why we would have not watched Kramer versus Kramer yet, but we've already watched Gandhi. A lot of these movies. I mean, it's got to be one of the ones that we have. Um, so do I have I, to add an yeah. extra one? Or? I don't want to add an extra one. I already have five. I got to start. Oh, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, we both have to six. Okay, six. Okay, yours let's, are. Let's cap it at six. Okay, yes. The artist is coming. It's going to be next. Gladiator, American Beauty, Titanic, I just faked to spite you. Um, <laughs> Patton, and you can't take it with you. Yeah. It's got to be one of these, right? It's got to be, right? Unless we stay. It's got to be one of these. No, it's going to be the artist. Okay, let's see. 57? 57. Birdman! Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Birdman. So you that's on that. my Good list. Good for you. Yeah, okay. So what is this? All right, this is 1914. I mean, 2014. 2014. Okay. Yeah. Really yeah. recent. Um, yeah. Polarizing movie. Um, oh, is it? Really excited to see what you think of this one. <laughs> oh, but, no. Uh, it should be an interesting discussion. I, I've seen it twice, and um, once I hated it, and then I kind of... Like, well, we'll oh, see. I'm going to watch it again with an open mind. And okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, it should be fun. No, it's a giant. Michael oh, Keaton. Dear. Michael Keaton. Well, I, I do like cool. Michael Keaton. Mr. Mom. It's just like Mr. Mom. Go and expecting Mr. Mom. <laughs> I've also seen him in Batman. Actually. So, the, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get credit, but I've only gotten one right so far. Yeah, and I've gotten two. You've gotten two, although another one you got right you thought was brother son. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, um, signing off for now. Thank you.